Welcome to episode 211 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Casal. Good evening. Good evening to you, Matt. It is Monday night, September 4th. The years are just flying by. Before we know it, we will be dust in the wind. For tonight's episode, what we're going to... an uplifting t- thought to start. We're going to well, be dead like someday, you know? But as your body before decays into the grave... It. But before we get there, there's a lot of things to love and appreciate and get excited for. And one of, a couple of those things are Force Friday that we just have... Force Friday 2 that we just had. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Matt, our roving reporter, was firsthand on the scene. We're going to hear all about it. And we're going to talk about the Joker origin movie, which may have... uh, I don't know what to say about it yet. We're going to wait till later in the episode to to delve into that. that, uh, To that. That that of toxic waste? Yeah, uh, before we get into the Force or the Joker, we do housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. Yes, we do. You can go to mixos.com. We have comic book reviews, we have podcasts, and we also have web comics. Paul and I have been creating the Mixos web comics since, I believe, 2008. So you can go on there and check out all of our wares from way back in the day when we were exclusively doing it just to make each other laugh to now when we're doing it to just make each other (laughs) laugh. You can go and follow us on our Facebook page. Just type in MCSOSS on Facebook. It'll bring up our Facebook page. You can follow us there. All of the social media places that you enjoy. You, You like pictures? We have an Instagram page. You like saying mean things to other people? We have different Twitter pages that you can go and follow. I think follow. we're pretty positive on the Twitters. Well, I'm, I'm just saying that people in general like saying mean things on Twitter. You know, I see tons of, not not tons, but a good handful of, you know, famous, quote-unquote famous people. I follow mm-hmm. comic artists and writers and stuff, and they're like, uh, uh, I need to delete my Twitter. I'm, I'm leaving Twitter for a couple weeks. I, I can't take it. I'm leaving Twitter. And I'm like, get your fucking shit together. <laughs> it's just a social media site. Like, if you don't, if it's too negative, unfollow some people. I've seen don't a, go to those places. I've seen a bunch of that recently as well. And my response is, just don't click on the icon with the bird on it, man. Just get avoid it. looking yeah, at Twitter. That's all you it. have to do. You don't have to delete yourself. You don't have to make great proclamations right. to your fan base about how awful Twitter is. I'm there. I see Twitter. It's awful. I know. I just ignore it if it gets too off. I get it. The world sucks. And we're There's, on we're on Twitter. We're on and, Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter. Yeah, each individual person is no, on. We're, we well, are not Matt, awful. Do you how often are you on? Are you a you're just a Twitter lurker. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, does anybody really care what I have to say? That's why our numbers are so low here at the Mixos Comic Book Podcast. Uh I don't like or, I think if you go into into Twitter expecting to entertain the masses, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. 
but you just need to go in, just need to be you, do your own thing. You know, there's a handful of people I interact with on a pretty almost daily basis and half of them it's are always, right here in the room it's always enjoyable it's always a good time like it's like i i think i use twitter for what it's what f- maybe the the positive end that it was meant to be which is you know just coming together with like-minded people from around the world no no nonsense no negativity i really enjoy it that's gint underscore mcsauce Talk to me on Twitter. It's going to be a positive, uplifting experience. You're not going to need that meme that's opens opens Twitter and then the little blue guy shuts the door and leaves because Twitter's the worst. <laughs> uh, you can talk to me at the sauce on Twitter. Also positive. I generally repost things from Instagram. That's about it. <laughs> that's a- pretty much all i do so if you go and you follow my page you're just going to get reposts from instagram pictures fun artwork that's about all that i but do but no negativity no i'm pretty positive i'm i'm generally a positive person and so. if you follow at lild press matt you will get no negativity and no anything else because get- matt is matt is such a such a low key Twitter. You'll learn the art of anticipation. <laughs> <laughs> so now, why don't we jump into this week? Why don't we talk to said little depressed Matt about his time at Force Friday 2, the deuce as it's called? So, Matt, Force Friday 1 was last year for The Force Awakens. But no, it wasn't, no, 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 no. Last oh, year, shit. last year was Rogue One. We're learning, son. Two years ago was Force Friday one. So why are you looking at me puzzled? So when, do, t- when did when did the Force Awakens come out? Uh, the end of 2015. What? Right. What is yeah. this year? This year's 2017. That would be two years ago, right? Right. Okay. But you said. There was also Force Friday for Rogue One. Well, so wouldn't this be Force Friday the third? You would think, but they didn't call Rogue One Midnight Extravaganza at Toys R Us uh, Force Friday, even though I think in more unofficial circles it was known as Force Friday 2. Officially, this past Friday night was known as Force Friday 2. Actually, technically it was Thursday night. Friday morning in the wee hours yeah. of Friday morning. Yeah. Um Ian, you didn't go out for either for any Force Friday. I didn't go out for any Force Friday. I did not. Matt, you had a lackluster time last year. I, I'm confused since they they fucked up the numbering. Did you go out for you went out for Force Awakens Force Friday? Yeah, well, actually, let me okay, just let me clarify a little bit. I forget what they called I think they maybe called it like Rogue Friday or something like that last year. Mm, not, don't like that non-alliteration. Right? Yeah. Right. So what would they call it? Rogue One Friday. Next year they're going to have to move it to Saturday for Solo Rogue. Saturday. <laughs> Should they have gone with a Rogue Retail? Ugh. <laughs> Gross. No. So here's something that I didn't realize until my friend 
Jeff, I was talking to him uh, on Saturday, and I was telling him that I went to the Force Friday event um, the other night, and he was like, wow, you've done all of those, haven't you? And I thought about it, and I was like, holy shit, yeah, I have. Yeah, you're a nerd. I've done every midnight release for toys for every Star Wars movie since episode one. You are the most diehard of did they, the diehards. Did they do it for episodes two and three? It wasn't exactly an event, but uh, with said friend Jeff, he and I took a trip out to Cranberry, uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> where About an uh, hour north of Pittsburgh. Uh, half an hour, half an half hour. Half an hour, north. yeah. Uh, it's of Pittsburgh downtown proper. Right. It's a nice area. Affluent. Um, mm. Some money. It's nice and Indeed. clean. But uh, yeah, so him and I drove to Walmart for episode two and for episode three. Uh, and it was funny because with each subsequent movie, we were a little less excited than we were um, for the other ones. However, when I went to um, episode one, I went alone. Uh, I was one of the first people in line for it. I was like the sixth person in line or some nonsense. I think I got there maybe around eight did o'clock. They, did they do midnights for that stuff? They did. I even got a, a plaque, not a plaque, but like a like a certificate for you know midnight at Toys R Us. Uh, it it was on the news. It was a big deal. You remember what a big deal uh, Star Wars was. I remember the big deal episode one was, but I was working at Toys R Us at the time. And I remember, I guess maybe they did do the midnight. I wasn't working at midnight for episode one. I remember the feature shop getting set up and being there at being there at the end of the night before I was leaving when all of that was getting unveiled. I helped, I helped bring down the toys for, um, for the later night. Um, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't stay for the Force Friday or, I, I honestly don't think it was a, on a Friday though. I, I, it was, I that, believe it was a Sunday night. It was a sun. you're right. It, it was, was like, Sunday night. It was F- Force Fun Day. It was, yeah. It, it was, it was the Star Wars Sunday. Right. There like, so Easy all one. the toys came out. It was way closer to the movie. We're talking probably about a week or two. I want to say, yeah. Yeah, maybe about two weeks before the film came out. So it was probably like early May. I remember I was in my finals week at college, freshman year. And uh, I I went to the Toys R Us and I got my toys and everything. And then the next day I went to Borders, the now defunct bookstore Borders, Books and Music. And I got the novelization to Star Wars episode one. I got the soundtrack, which I listened to on repeat for hours and hours and hours as I was writing like my final paper for, I think it was for my communications class. Uh, I mean, I was in, I had You're so much so crap. deep into Star Wars, buddy. Yeah. So, but the thing is like, I don't think any kind of hype for Star Wars has ever been, to the level that it was for episode one. Now I can't speak to the original trilogy because I was only like four years old when, or three, I don't, it was either three or four when Return of the Jedi came out and I don't remember the first two, but none of the movies since episode one have compared hype wise. Mm-hmm. So the toys were a big deal. Um, 
And with each subsequent release, it seemed like there were less and less toys, you know, a, a much smaller selection, you know, just as many in the in the wave of toys, but um, a lot less on the shelves to, to pick from. But I remember the first night when they opened those doors for episode one, I, I felt like the faster you walked or ran to the, there was this big like end cap that was just like there. I felt like there was a big holy light shining down upon it. (laughs) And I felt like the faster you moved toward it, like the nerdier you were. So in order to not be branded a nerd amongst nerds, right? I just, you're constantly uh, aware of your, your self image. You, you, right, right. This goes all the way back. Right. So, I had a a steady, brisk pace as I walked quickly toward this, but I remember there was a sea of humanity that engulfed me from behind and then eventually in front of me that made their way to these toys before I could even get there. It was one of the weirdest feelings of my life to be completely enveloped in people like that. It was really weird. And people were like, everybody wanted a Darth Maul. Because even when you've gone to metal shows, you're the reserved take it all in from the sides you're not down in the melee right yeah i don't go into the pit have you seen me i'm a little guy so like i don't go into the pit i not only that i can't see over people's heads so usually i try to find that balcony and get more of the bird's eye view Mm -hmm. if i'm not right there in front of the stage that's okay as long as i can see it kind of the same thing here good analogy paul so everybody's like throwing figures, you know, throwing Boss and Ass and Jar Jar Binks off the shelf in order to find Darth Mauls. And people are like, you get a Darth Maul? You get a, here's, you need a Darth Maul? It was crazy but civil and fun. Although I would say it's always been pretty civil. Like, that's one thing about nerds is they're, they're a pretty civil bunch. Mm-hmm. If not girlless. Because everyone thinks everyone else can beat them up. <laughs> I guess. That's my guess. So, um, yeah, I did, I did episode two and three, and then I did Force Friday, which probably had the most hype since episode one. When you say Force Friday, you mean Force Friday Force Awakens. The Force Awakens. Um, Not Rogue Friday. Right. And now for all of these releases, whoa. Sorry, I messed up my mic. The force of your storytelling just blew your mic So for... For all these releases, I would come home, especially episode one. I felt like I came home with exhausted, spent, couldn't even beat your meat. Maybe not. I don't. I was nineteen, so I probably could. Um, but I had bags full of toys, right? And I feel like it was a little bit less every movie. Um, with the and the, the slow march of time and maturity, do you think that had any effect on your toy buying? Absolutely yes, but not. But it's also the hype. Like the hype for episode one was was immeasurable. Really, I mean, it, you can't even. There's nothing to compare it to. There's no way that you could replicate it either. The closest we got was was the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. and I feel like that paled in comparison to episode one. Yeah, episode one was absolutely bonkers, bananas. Like people were like murdering other humans for a kitster figure and then they saw the movie and they were like wait a second well that's not true <laughs> just I'm, re- I'm feeling a lot of remorse <laughs> that's that's not really true but that's funny uh 
so Force Friday one was was a lot of fun because uh, it's the return of Star Wars after ten years, and and there were some brand new characters that we haven't seen any versions of them before. So that was kind of cool, right? Kylo Ren looked awesome. So I remember when I went out for that. Uh, I went to Toys R Us and I went later this time. I wasn't like, oh my God, I got to be sixth in line this time. And I got there uh, as things were kind of wrapping up. And what time did you get there? Uh, I don't know, maybe like 20 after 12, something like that. Because I, I didn't want I wasn't going to wait in line. I was just going to show up in time to kind of walk in and get what I needed. However, this was two years ago. This was two years ago. But two years ago is when. I don't know if it's Toys R Us or if it's Hasbro that started this thing where the amount of toys that they got was a a fraction of what they did for the prequel movies. They wouldn't even get the entire wave of figures in. It was crazy. So if you were first in line, you were pretty much assured to get everything that you wanted for the most part. But being that they weren't getting complete waves, they weren't going to get everything. <clears throat> so um but you're not wait, a you're not a collector. No, no, this is much more for kind of the fun of it being like right. a part of one of the fir- the kickoff to Star Wars or So you whatever. don't you don't need to be one of the first couple people in line to to complete one of the waves or to get one of every figure. No, no, no. I I will you say this for the experience. I did. Uh and not I hadn't experience. bought a figure since 2005's Revenge of the Sith. Hadn't bought a figure since then. But I... Do you buy anything for The Force Awakens? Well, that's what I'm saying. Until The Force Awakens, I hadn't bought one. So, Force Awakens comes out. I want a Kylo Ren. I want a Ray and a Poe. So, I don't... You know what? I don't even think I ended up getting a Poe. But I did get a Finn. Because you hate the gays. I got a Finn and I got a... Kylo Ren and I got a Phasma because I thought Phasma was really cool but yeah. here's the crazy thing Toys R Us get there they don't have shit I think they had maybe like do you remember the character Constable Zuvio wasn't that the Simon or he was the guy that got cut out of the yeah, movie got cut out of the movie <clears throat> wasn't even in the movie but plenty of him. plenty yeah. of the action figure on the shelf I was like not really interested in this thing so I didn't get that so Force Friday 1 went home completely empty-handed. And then the next day I went to Kohl's because I knew they had gotten in like some shirts and shit. And they did. Not only that, but they also had in the three and three-quarter inch figures. So I that's where I bought all the ones that I ended up with. However, they were um, more money there than they were at Toys R Us, but at least they were there. Probably because most people don't think to buy that crap at Kohl's. Kohl's is a deep cut. You only go there for Christmas presents for like your in-laws. For shoes. Yeah, shoes are pretty legit. So then being that I felt pretty burned and I felt like the inventory was not uh, acceptable for Force Friday 1, I was pretty much convinced I wasn't going to do, what is it, Rogue Retail? Rogue Retail. And uh, I decided at the last minute, it's like quarter after midnight. I was like, screw it. I'm going to go. So I get to Toys R Us. Technically, 
15 minutes after the last minute. I thought you right? were I thought you had this year's planned with your buddies. Well, this is wait, time out. This is I'm working my year. way up to it. Working oh, this is working the story. This is Rogue Retail. Last year, Rogue, Rogue Retail, Retail, 15 minutes afterwards, right. Matt decides. I, I'm laying there. I, I hadn't planned on going, but I, I wasn't falling asleep. I'm laying I there love, on my couch. I love hearing about Matt's fandom with Star Wars and it, how it keeps him awake at night, how he wakes up and like sweats to see the trailer, how he leaves his house reminds, to go for Rogue it Retail Day. It reminds me of when The Force Awakens full trailer was being released and I was like, I was, I had like three different devices up and I was refreshing every one of them every three seconds. Right. And we were like... I forgot that came out today. That wasn't the well, full trailer. That was the teaser <laughs> one was, on Black Friday. That was a teaser. And like, so Matt was aware and was having trouble sleeping. I woke up at, you know, reasonable time, eight o'clock, nine o'clock, and was made aware and watched it in the morning. Paul, you watched it at dinner time. <laughs> I didn't see it till like maybe two in the afternoon when Brian texted me and he was like, hey, did you see that Star Wars trailer yet? But Matt had lost sleep. Yeah, like his I, body was. I was really. His body was dehydrated. If there's ever any question about who the biggest fan of anything, honestly, is it's Matt Cassell. Yeah. Well, thank you. So Rogue Retail, you were laying awake, twelve fifteen. I'm on the couch. I gotta I, go. No, no, I, I hadn't go. gone to bed yet. Like I, I just wasn't tired. I'm kind of just hanging out in my apartment, and I, I'm just not. Something like, is falling right. asleep. And I, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go check it out. So I throw my shoes on and I go. I get there. There's one dude coming out, empty-handed. I'm like, this doesn't look good. And there was nobody else there. The, the, the Cranberry festivities Toys were over. Us. No, no, North no. Hills Toys. This is the North Hills. This one is much closer to my house. It's, uh, six, like, seven minutes. Yeah, it's right like, down it, the street. Midnight, it's literally right down the street. At midnight, it may have been only five minutes away from my house, right? Because there's no traffic. So I go in, not one single three and three quarter inch figure on, on the wall. Not one. I had to ask if they even got them in. It was unbelievable. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we got them in, but we're, we're out. We should get more. I think they said we'll have more in uh, you know, like on Two Monday weeks. or something. Right. I'm like, uh, n- do you know that today is Rogue Retail? Do you even force Friday? <laughs> so, uh, I slapped him. I wish I was working. So, as Matt said that. To so, somebody. I went home. Kick him his dick. I went home <laughs> at one and I morning. didn't buy a single figure. First Star Wars that I haven't actually. Not for, not for not trying, but because they were out. Because they were out, but, didn't but, you look but for, even more, didn't you look for T-shirts or other merchandise? Uh, I did get some other stuff. My mom and dad went to Disney World um, a couple months or a month, something like that, two or th- two or one months before the movie came out, and um, and they bought me a Rogue One T-shirt, and they bought me a um, like a piece of art that had like although this is from the. Force Awakens, but it was before Rogue One, this piece of art that had all these Stormtrooper heads, and then like one silver one, which was pretty cool, because that was Phasma. But um, yeah, I didn't get anything for that. So, fast forward to 2017, Paul, That's 
this year. It is. And, uh, and some friends at my, at my second job were all talking about going to this force Friday thing. And, you know, we're, they're big star Wars fans. I'm a big star Wars fan. And I was like, you know what? It sounds like it might be fun going with the group. Uh, there's nothing really specific I want, but it, I think it'll be fun. It's still summer, so it won't be cold. It'll be a nice evening outside, just kind of hanging out. Maybe we went, you'll find a nice Finn Sleeping Beauty sarcophagus figure. Yeah, you just never know. So uh, I... I can't wait till Poe I went to the awakens him with a magical with kiss. true love's kiss. I went to the, uh, to the Cranberry Toys R Us. Back to Cranberry for the first time since Revenge of the Sith. This time... Right down the plaza to Toys R Us. Before it was Walmart, now it's Toys R Us. Uh, the the guy I was with, uh, well, I was with a few guys, and but the the one that was leading the charge, my friend Ross, he was a bit of a fanatic, and he was hell bent on being first in line. <laughs> Ian, are you marveling at Matt calling someone else a fanatic? The person that has like night terrors and the sweats. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm the guy that's laying there on my couch at at twelve fifteen, not even sure I want to do it. My friend Ross, on the other hand, is in line at seven thirty p.m. Like this was organized, this was planned, and granted, I was prepared this time, relatively so. I did bring a fold out chair to sit on. Um, Apparently, I didn't bring warm enough clothes because this particular night it decided to to be like fifty degrees outside. Yeah, Friday it night was, was chilly, cold. Just sitting there, and and it was very windy. Um, it was not comfortable. Um, it was like Hoth Friday. <laughs> Hoth Friday. What a stretch, sir. <laughs> that the, that didn't flow naturally. So. This like one was fun, though. guts. Uh, as we're waiting there uh, this year, um, KDKA shows up. Did you guys see me on the news? I don't watch the news. I didn't. I was aware that KDKA was showing up at that Toys R Us, and I did know that you were there, but I did not watch the news. Well, shame on you both. I know, and that's, you know what? That's the news that I watched, too. Hmm. Yeah? You watch KDKA? Mm-hmm. Yeah, KDKA watch. Huh. Like an old person. Well, apparently you didn't watch that day because... I didn't. It was Friday night. Nobody watches the news on Friday nights. I don't know what day we actually ended up on the news. I, I'm i not interviewed. They interviewed Ross because uh, the guy was like, who wants to be interviewed? And I thought... Mm, he was like, me, 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 me. No, he he fairly what? reluctantly did it. Was he was he first? He was first. Dedication. It was funny because as we're sitting there in a group, I positioned my chair actually in front of his, not intentionally to be first, but you could tell it kind of bothered him. Uh, Matt, kind of bothering someone. Shocker. Right. So uh, when when the chairs got folded up and we got ready to go in, of course, I shuffled like a couple people behind so that way I wouldn't be first. And I decided going in i didn't really have a game plan but i said you know what i would like to get a luke skywalker that that would make me happy tonight one so, homeless luke please and and yeah so i ended up with a homeless luke and and i was happy i also got uh a free t-shirt to commemorate the the is festivities this That's the one nice. you're wearing right now no no this is a different one that i got 
is is the Luke figure you got the um, Empire Magazine black clad Luke? No, this is the Force Awakens one, which gets, which kind of like hints at some of my issues with uh, Force Friday. Mm. So, mm, right. So I got the figure that I wanted. My friend Ross, on the other hand, it was funny because they interviewed him before we went in. And he was like, yeah, it's just something fun to do. He's all happy and optimistic and excited. He had a mental checklist of everything that he wanted to get. Being first in line affords you those abilities because you come in, you get your shirt, you get your free poster, which is pretty cool, by the way. The shirt's a little dorky. What's the shirt? Uh, It's one of those Pops shirts. So like the artwork of the characters are like in the pop style. And um, it's like a two or three color shirt. It's got Ray, Chewbacca, and a and a Porg. Remember, uh, you know Porgs. Yeah. Oh, I know oh, Porg. Yeah. A little Porg. New captain yeah. of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Right. Okay. So then Ross gets interviewed afterwards inside Toys R Us. Uh oh. And he has his arms full of product. And he comes up and he's like, you know, I've got mostly everything I wanted. You know, they're missing some things. Shit's like falling. And then it's he, like tumbling out and of then his he, arms. Right. And then he goes, and he almost says it in a whisper that trails off as if he doesn't really believe it. He's like, there's always tomorrow. Man, it, it, Ross is deep. But he's so, he's like the nicest guy in the world. So he's always like this positive energy. So he was trying his best to like stay totally positive. It was awesome. So he, Ross ended up spending a pretty penny. So what the fuck didn't he get if he was first in line? They, they what were did missing, they have? They were missing um, most of the, the black six-inch series. <clears throat> so we know what happened to that black six-inch series. What do we know? Um, from the From the inside... People that I know that work at Toys R Us, they didn't get a lot of the Black Series stuff, and that's what people were highly in demand, and that's what they were waiting in line for and looking for. See, my guess would have been whatever Black Series stuff showed up, employees put their mark on. No, they never made it to the show. No, they have a pretty strict, all that stuff street dated, as you know, Paul. You can't even open those boxes or scan them out of inventory without. Right. And you could tell that the, the, midnight crew that they had working not star wars fans they were like so wait what what is this for like what movie is this for like they didn't know so yeah i'm i i know where you're going paul but that doesn't happen like when we worked even when we worked there i think you probably remembered all the fantasy phantom menace marked stuff Mm-hmm. That essentially you would be fired if you touched one of right. those boxes yeah. or opened them. Same deal goes with Force Friday. Unfortunately, a lot of I can only speak for Toys R Us, but I know for a fact that they didn't get a lot of the Black Series stuff, and that's what a lot of the elevated fans, the more highbrow fans, so Ross are there didn't for. get his porgs. No, no, he didn't get like the six-inch Luke Skywalker or and the black inch. dress. I don't know what his clothing was supposed to look like but the the black series ones man right. you know what yeah we're but about. there there's the force awakens luke and like the the force awakens the lightish right. tan colors yeah, and then the, and then there's all the recent empire magazine releases mm, where he's, he's all in black. black yeah 
Or dark brown. Isn't it more of a dark brown? I thought it was black. Maybe gray. it is. Whatever. So um, it was a fun time, but I got to tell you, like the the Force Friday gimmick is kind of shit. With the limited amount of product that stores were getting in, uh, like if you were 10th or 20th in line, when you have people like Ross that basically just put their arm behind a peg and just drag it forward and all the figures fall into a cart and then they figure out what they want and put back what they don't. Like there were literally only like one or two of certain things. So like Mm -hmm. there just wasn't enough for people. If you have these nerds that are going to stand outside in line at midnight on a weeknight and they can't get like the thing that they're standing in line for. It's not like there's a line of a thousand people. It's like a line of 75 people. Yeah. Um, I think what I can what I can speak to is working at Toys R Us in the late nineties, early two thousands, when they did get the full complement of Phantom Menace figures and those figures lingering around until two thousand and five when the final right. Star Wars of that trilogy came right. out, you could still get you could still get Palpatine figures from the first episode. Right. In 2005. And totally. I think there's a lot of hesitation to make a big order. Hasbro might also have a part in that. In oh, limiting I think so. I think so for it's, sure. it's demand. And if you can't get that stuff, then um, I think also online ordering has a big I agree. chunk out of it. Because peop- the, the anticipation of people ordering the things that they really, really want on Amazon anyway takes away from it. it um, but it I, I understand... I understand your grief. You showed up at midnight for this special event. You should be able to get whatever you want. But I think there's so many factors in the modern retail world that kind of limit. I do agree. However, uh, when specific retailers like Toys R Us are promoting midnight events, it's not Mm -hmm. just like, you know, they're opening their doors, but they're actually promoting this force Friday. Come on at midnight and come get your stuff. And it's like, like I said, if you're not 10th or better in line, you're, you're getting like table scraps. Yeah. And that shouldn't be the case. I agree with you on that. And, uh, right. It's like, I I realize don't order maybe the way you did for the Phantom Menace, but there's probably some happy medium in there somewhere. Yeah. Especially like for that initial, like, um, that initial order that will kind of like satiate the, the most hardcore, most hardcore hardcore fans. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but the thing that I noticed about force Friday is it doesn't really kick off the last Jedi. It's more like in a lot of ways, a recap of the force awakens. Like, Luke Skywalker is the one from The Force Awakens. A lot of the characters look exactly the way they do in The Force Awakens. Or if there are new things from The Last Jedi, it's all from the trailer. There's very little new, new stuff. Maybe like the Porks, but these are all things that have been revealed in either the behind the scenes reel or like official magazine, like articles from like Entertainment Weekly or something. There's you think this is like spoiler proofing? I do. I think that um, they're being really, really careful with what they're releasing. I think it's crazy that we don't have another trailer by now. 
and I I don't know. I it just doesn't it just doesn't feel like it should be anything. It feels like well maybe it is too early to do something like this. It is yeah. after all it was just September first. Uh, the you know the the movie doesn't come out until mid December. So what are we like three and a half months away? Is that what that is? Did yeah. I do that right, or is it two and a half months? All of September, all of October, all of November. Yeah, three and a yeah. half months away. So I realize you don't want to be like, and this character is this guy from the movie, and this is his story. You know, with like a write up on the back of the card or whatever. But like. Maybe maybe it's too early to do it then yeah. because this doesn't feel like anything. You don't like want anything. decapitated head Luke right. to give away the plot. Yeah, exactly. but it's never going to be a good time to release that stuff before the movie's out. Well, that, that yeah, that is true. But maybe they want to hold their cards closer to their vest for a while. Maybe it's too soon to reveal certain plot points because, you know, let's face it, like... As we got closer in The Force Awakens, they started to reveal what the plot points were. We didn't know what the hell that movie was for the longest time. It was amazing. And then it was A New Hope Redux, and we were all disappointed. Yeah, pretty much. That movie disappoints me a little more every day. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's merit in doing a general Star Wars merchandise push. You know, the shirt you're wearing tonight, you know, some general new merchandise. It doesn't necessarily need to be action figures. I think you can probably get away with the main cast action figures. You know, if, let's say, they were doing Empire Strikes Back, Force Friday, <clears throat> you could release a Han Solo Bespin Fatigues right? without any clue to what's happening. You know, it's called Bespin Fatigues. You're, oh, Bespin, what the fuck is that? Oh, it just builds excitement. It doesn't give anything away. Why are they called fatigues, by the way? Where did that word well, come from? Well, I think from? Luke's best been fatigues were actual fatigues because it was a whole... What are fatigues, <clears throat> though? Is what I don't I'm... know the definition of fatigues, but Han Solo's best been fatigues weren't actual fatigues because it was just a jacket and pants. Luke's, I think, were actual fatigues are because fatigues... it was all like one combat outfit. So fatigues are like... Um, Ian's looking it up for us, right? Like, like a matching set? I don't think it's a matching set. I think it has to, some, it has to do more with the utilitarian nature of it. Huh. So, <laughs> besides the semantics of what fatigues mean, Ian? In most Commonwealth countries, and formerly in U.S. English, work clothes worn by soldiers to avoid getting their uniforms dirty in non-combat manual work. There we Cam go. Or camouflage pattern clothing found in civilian fashions. So Luke's jacket pants, one fatigue combo. Hans, I a little, that little based loose. Based on that definition, a little loose. So, like, I, I would expect to see, you know, Leia, Ray, Finn, Poe, you know, maybe a different outfit. Uh, so. Uh, you know, Luke, you probably could have done the black Luke figure, not wait and waited for the magazine cover releases. So, like, you can do different stuff. You don't need to, nothing needs to be like, hey, Wicket 
was actually Snoke, and here it is. <laughs> I they can't had, wait for the Wicked Snoke. They had a, a pop, uh, you know, those little pop vinyl things. Mm-hmm. They had a Luke one where he's wearing the, the black or the brown, whatever it was. Uh, they also had a Snoke, um, Supreme Leader Snoke pop. Now, you could also buy a BB-8 play set. It was like, I think it was like 200 bucks or something. It un- It opens up and it becomes like the inside of a Star Destroyer or something. And there was a Snoke figure that came with that. But other than that, it felt like there were there were very little direct references to The Last Jedi. It, and the Snoke it, figure is a two-scale, like, normal height person. There's a lot of, uh, uh, like, anticipation. No, he was no a he's giant. taller. He's taller. I thought he was the same height as everybody. He's not. He is taller. He's like, like taller, like Chewbacca taller. Yes. Or taller, like no, no, three stories taller. Taller, like Low Pan. That's a big trouble in little child. I know. Story. Okay. So, um, I think the the beef that I just have with Force Friday, and there's a lot of cool stuff that comes out. It just feels like if it's gonna be kind of like the unofficial kickoff of the last Jedi, maybe it should have a little bit more last Jedi going on or something that feels like especially unique. Like show me something new about the last Jedi with this. So yeah, one um, of the things that I got, I over the last few days, I've spent a few dollars. I bought a Luke Skywalker on Friday morning at midnight. Force awakens. Luke I bought Skywalker. a t-shirt at hot topic for 13 the Jedi bucks, must die. Right. I think it says end end. But- yeah. But that's just you uh, ad-libbing, Paul. And then uh, then I got a pack of the um, Topps trading cards because I was it's like, oh, cool. there, there's probably some cool uh, like Last Jedi stuff in here. No. <gasps> How dare they? There's like a card from Revenge of the Sith. There's one from The Empire Strikes Back, oh. Force Awakens. I'm like, what, a- what, what is this? You know... I did the the McSauce comic from this past Friday, September first, maybe. It was the uh, it was called Bait and Switch Friday, the Force Friday comic starring everyone's own Matt Cassell. and like I I made this joke getting played getting right getting played kind of tongue in cheek but man that fucking trading card like that's where I'm. I own multitudes of trading cards, and this is the Force Friday story that burns my ass. That you open some cool trading cards, and it was just a random selection it, of all Star Wars trading what, cards. What that you need to realize, and what I need to realize, is they started this marketing scheme before the um, the Force Awakens, and they had this this line of shit that was coming out called. Uh, Road to the Force Awakens. Do you this remember that line yeah. of shit? Now it's called Road to the Last Jedi, and in these roads, they don't really reveal jack shit about these movies. It's almost like a refresher. It's like, well, here, here's what Star Wars is, don't you know? And it's bullcrap. It's like there's nothing of any value if you want new things, if you want real stuff that has to do with the upcoming movie. Just wait, because you're not getting it with this. And yeah, I felt particularly burned on that. Now I know that Paul, I read your comic by the way. I, I felt that it was it was a little bit um 
snarky to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, specifically geared toward me. Uh, no, no, you are uh, not I am the personification you. of said snark. No, the the snark is toward what is to the the exact problems you have with Force Friday is that it's nothing. It's nothing that means anything. The comic was act- actually wound up being complimentary to what actually was released because it was you didn't even fun. get it was kind of you funny, didn't even get anything enticing or like you know something right. you can speculate over. Right. It was just like the Rigoli action shit. figure. Yeah. Right. We've gone through it since 1999. Right. The Rigoli action figure. Everybody thinks he's going to be like this great character, and he ends up being completely irrelevant. Yeah. Um, however, you did say that, you know, you take like a wait and see approach to whether you'll like it or not. Oh yeah. The, the blog post that follows the comic. Yeah. After, you know, after the, you know, the prequels and force awakens, like I'm, I'm not going to jump at anything that star Wars gives me anymore because, which is funny because you loved, um, the Force Awakens, and you loved Rogue One. Am I am I right? Um, I I thought Rogue One was good. I wouldn't say I loved it, and I I I loved The Force Awakens after the first viewing. I liked it after the second viewing, and each subsequent viewing, I realized that the quality of this movie hinges on what they do in the next two movies. Well, yeah. Well, kind of. I agree. Uh, it's really important what happens. The strength of the movie is the the main characters in that movie, kind of the way that they interact with each other. The storyline itself was kind of crappy. The but, new characters are great, but as a standalone movie, it's not a standalone movie. But like your approach to this, especially with Rogue One, was was almost annoyingly negative. Yeah, I don't think it's it, not a that's not a weight. It's not a wait and see attitude. It's a hate and see. It's like you hate it before it even comes out, <laughs> and and then when it finally does, then you can like give an honest opinion. But like until then, it's just like negative, negative, negative. Yeah, and that's that's me. But the you know the comic wasn't so much you know, the 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 negative the negativity as it was. You know we're gonna. We're gonna get excited, you know. We're gonna find out new shit. Like Disney and then Lucasfilm, they're just gonna hype what's happening. They're gonna hype us up more and more, and then we're gonna realize, oh, they're just a big marketing machine. But they didn't even do that this Force Friday. There was no, there was no hype. There was no anticipation. You didn't even get like a Nikto figure. To to wonder, oh, who's this guy? There was a What's he gonna new, be? There's a brand new character um that that showed up in those Sphero things. Um, you know, those like little like rolling balls that you can control with your um Oh, BB nine E. BB nine E, right. There's like the Imperial or no, oh. I'm sorry, the first order version of BB eight. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a stuffed animal version at I think it was at Hot Topic of the resistance version of a BB unit, which is like kind of like gray and blue or something more like an R2 style. Yeah. Color. And, um, other, and I'm pretty sure those are going to be relatively inconsequential characters. 
I, I feel confident in that. They're just cute things that they can throw out there to the world. So I guess people so. Eat them up. I guess so. And um, I don't know it. I wish that there would have been something a little more Last Jedi related. I I appreciate the um, the secrecy around the plot and what's happening. Right. But there are absolutely ways to get the fan base excited for this movie without giving anything away. Like, just a couple, give me a Ray, give me a Poe, in a different outfit. That's enough. Give me some random alien. Like, if, if that have released uh, Unker Plutt for Force Friday, yeah, like, no one would have known who he was. Right. Would have been some random thing. Generated some hype. Granted, he so far he hasn't turned out to be a big character in the series. He may be, but we don't know. It's yeah. nothing that's going to give away the movie. It's nothing that's going to derail excitement and you know be a huge spoiler. There, there's ways to do it, but this Force Friday too just it's just didn't deliver. It, it, it didn't, and frankly, none of them have. Um, as as events that are being like named and hyped the way that these things are, uh, there I I don't th- maybe I'll go to the next one again as a you something will. to do maybe you will Come as on. something to do because going with a, a group of friends was a lot more fun than just showing up twenty minutes after the whole thing and looking at empty pegs. Uh, if I go, it would be with a group again, and if I don't go, well. I'll stay home alone. But uh, anyone wants to place bets on Matt going to the next four. I Friday, feel like they uh, hit us up at uh, mixsauce at gmail.com. I feel like they need to um, do it later, though. Like they got closer to the uh, premiere of the movie. Yeah. Maybe that it's getting too close to like holiday season shopping to pull some stunt like that. Like maybe you're putting it too close to like Black Friday where you have all these psychos. lining. Yeah. Up but even if they push it a month. Well, maybe they can do it's that. It's gonna be, it's gonna be closer to holiday but, shopping. Maybe, it's not gonna interfere with Black Friday. Maybe they can do it next year for early, the Han Solo movie, which will be in the summer, right. which is further away from the mainline shopping season. I think they would have a better chance with right. doing it. Maybe honestly, a couple weeks before Han Solo comes out. I can assure you, I won't go and buy toys at midnight for the Han Solo movie. As a matter of fact. I don't even know if I'll go to see that at midnight when it comes out. I said. Can you I don't hear know. our eyes rolling, audience? <laughs> you're, you're gonna first see of all, it at midnight. you're it's going to be second of all. You're going with us. Yeah, you're you're even if it wasn't going to be a McSauce field trip, you would absolutely go see it. This would be a case where you would be laying awake, tossing and turning with the sweat, Star Wars with sweats. a sheen of sweat. On your naked body because you sleep naked, tossing and turning in your sheets, and you ah ah I gotta see it, I gotta go see Han Solo, a Star Wars story. You'll you're fucking going the night it opens. Don't kid yourself, you fucking Star Wars maniac. Yeah, don't don't pretend. I might I might not even go. That's my new Matt impression. I might. <laughs> be wearing my uh, Star Wars boxers that night. I might not be sleeping naked. 
You're going to go. I assume Han Solo, regardless of what we hear about it from now and then, it's going to be a McSauce field trip. I don't think that there's any start, like, pending grave injury to one of our personal bodies that there's nothing that's going to stop us from going at midnight. There just isn't. For Han Solo? For any Star Wars. Yeah, for... uh, From... Starting from now into infinity. <laughs> I don't know what would stop us. You may be the biggest fan, but we're all fans of a different grade of psychosis. And what happened right now is we just cemented our going in spite of whether Matt wants to go or not. <laughs> right. I, yeah. As he said that, I was like, fuck you, son. We're going to drag your ass. We know where you live. We're going to make you go. Yeah, we're going. I mean, like, nobody here is excited about the Han Solo movie, though. Well, we haven't uh, really seen anything positive from it yet. We've heard a lot of really bad things and heard about... But Ron re- Howard's individual excitement and promotion has, I, th- I think, has turned a positive light on the Han Solo project. Well, the recent news that they were recasting gigantic chunks of the movie bringing Paul Bettany in to replace Michael K. Williams. Not sure if any of you know what those two actors look like, but this is a big change, a big shakeup. One's a big black guy, the other's a little white guy. <laughs> yeah, so the fact that they're doing that in reshoots is troubling. Regardless, we're, we're going to go see it. It's going to be an opening night McSauce field trip. Paul, let me ask you something. Yeah. Well, would you ever do a midnight uh, thing for Star Wars toys? Would you do a Force Friday? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I'm not a collector anymore. Uh, I'm of the rational mind that anything I would want from a Force Friday, I will be able to get eventually. Right. I like the atmosphere. Um, I, I like, I, I dig the atmosphere of it. Right. The going on a, you know, going midnight on a weeknight, you know, there's a certain excitement that it builds, but I had the opportunity to go this time. I didn't. So I, I don't think I would go to a Force Friday. One, one of the things that I noticed too, on all the new packaging, the pack, the, like the packaging artwork is, uh. You know, it's consistent across all the new Last Jedi stuff, and it's the got white the white with like the red slash. Yeah, and then it's got a, a picture of um, Ray in the middle, and then flanking on her sides would be Poe and Finn. And um, I think it it really pales in comparison to how cool the artwork for um, the Force Awakens looked, because it was that close up of Kylo Ren with his mask and and you saw his lightsaber kind of coming like up in front of his face. It looked so neat. And then compared to like the heroes, heroes are just a lot less exciting, I guess. Frankly, it should have been Luke, but whatever. And it seems like they're getting rid of... Well, Luke isn't a hero. Luke's a... You know, Luke's just a guy that doesn't really give a shit what's happening Hate to and his see. family. Hate and see. Or his his world. 
are they getting rid of Kylo Ren's mask? It sure seems like I haven't seen. Uh, we've seen like the crumbled mask. Yeah, it it looks like it is there sometimes. I feel like um, that's a big misstep. It was one of a really cool iconic sort of parts of that character. I have to agree. Yeah, I think that uh, Adam Driver's face compared to how like Kylo Ren's mask. I mean. It's as like, iconic it's like, as that schnoz is, it's I like, like that, the mask It's better. like Sebastian Shaw, the guy that played crusty old uh, Anakin Skywalker at the end of Return of the Jedi, mm. is running around Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi for the last two movies, helmetless. That's that's what basically they're, the direction they're going. Yeah, that seems like a fairly big misstep. Well, speaking of missteps, Paul... I understand they're making a new Joker movie. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna uh, do a quick touch on the, the fucking Joker origin movie before we sign off here. Uh, uh, <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Come on, like I I mean I I understand why. DC Warner Brothers, they're like, what are our biggest most popular properties? Joker, everyone likes the Joker. Uh, let's. What can we do with Joker? Let's do Joker prequel, Joker origin story, and everyone that's involved in this in Hollywood that just doesn't fucking get it is like, yeah, this is a great idea. Let's do this. It's the worst fucking idea. If any of you listeners want to see a Joker origin movie, turn this off. And don't ever listen to this podcast again. <laughs> because, <laughs> come on, a Joker origin movie, the, like, there's nothing interesting about a Joker origin movie. Like, I get, there's a lot of, there's a lot of meat on the bone of the who was Darth Vader before he was Darth Vader movie. You know, there's a lot of, there's a, a lot of meat to worry on that bone, but... No one fucking gives a shit. Stop. First of all, stop it. You just learned the secondary. Uh, <laughs> That's actually the first definition. The, you the, yeah, the, the definition <laughs> that nobody knows about worry. How yeah, dare you? I, like uh, you know, the, and I'm I'm. This goes back to like, uh, this goes back to my irritation about Boba Fett origin stories and Wolverine origins. Like no one needs to know where these characters come from. The What's most exciting about these characters is that we don't know where they come from. They just show up. They are who they are, and we get to we get to project our own origins, our own manifestations of who these people were before they got to be there. Paul. And it's the same with a horror movie right. and like seeing seeing the the monster Nothing is going to be as powerful as our individual imaginations. And that's like that's what makes these characters the best. So they're going to show us the definitive Joker as a teen in, a, in an abusive home and why he becomes the way he is. No one fucking cares. I know everyone loves the killing joke. We get to see the Joker's origin. It's a monumental you know, comic book. It's fucking garbage. It's not good. It's not... It, it's it's super fucking stupid. Just... Why can't the Joker just be the Joker? 
He shows up one day. He's a murderous psychopath. Paul, That's can I ask you good something? enough. Have you ever seen anything for a character where uh, after years and years of this established character, they, they present an origin where you're like, wow, that really added to it. I'm really happy with that. Has that ever happened? I'm sure you have an example. No, I'm asking you if you have an example. I, I Don't feel be like defensive. He, he doesn't have an example. No, because there are specific characters. No, not he, you. Matt doesn't. He oh. wants you to say no so he can agree with you emphatically. Well, I, I for specifically for the Joker and for Boba Fett and for Wolverine, no. I don't think an origin story lends to how cool those characters are. Paul, I emphatically agree with you. So That's what he wanted you to do, Paul. That's that works for me. But you're absolutely right. When are they gonna learn? Wolverine, dumb. Boba Fett, dumb. Darth Vader. I'm okay with that yeah. because that was sort of already established in the original. So meat on the count. bone. Worry. Yeah. Worry that mean. So Savage Dragon, that one of my favorite comic book characters, took years and years and years to finally like reveal what the origin was. Huge letdown. It's just, just don't do it. So, yeah, well, was it like I don't know anything about the Savage Dragon? Then why are you arguing? Origin. I'm not. I'm not arguing. I'm, oh, okay. I'm. I'm talking this out. So, like, Savage Dragon shows up. He's just a big, big green guy, fin on his head. Yep. Joins the police force. That's good. Shows enough. up in. Uh, we don't know where he comes from. He just is. There's like a. There's a fire. He's found in a he's burning found field. In a, yeah. And comes out of nowhere. Big green guy. Nude. Harry. Finn. He has no memory of his previous life, but he knows things. He's very smart. Like, he knows what, like who the president is. Like, he knows kind of, like, details, but he doesn't know anything about himself. He knows that in this world, all <clears throat> women have tiny waists and gigantic boobs with... Thick nipples for some reason. He knows that. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Savage Dragon, but it I'm okay with him just showing up. He is who he is. I'm okay with the Hellboy origin of the Nazis work some weird magic. They bring a demon to Earth, and that's it. And then he grows up as a human and he fights the paranormal. I don't need to know. All the backstory. I don't need to spend. Well, like, what other backstory would there? I don't be? need to spend five trades of Hellboy in Hell, learning like his lineage, Ugh. and like how he's supposed to be the next ruler of Hell and Hell on Earth. Like he's he shows up, he's a paranormal investigator. That's it. Like that's enough. That uh, the Joker shows up, he's vexing for Batman throughout Batman's career. That's enough. Like it, the Joker doesn't need humanized. You can humanize Harley Quinn. You can humanize any other of Batman's rogues. Well, gallery. Harley Quinn was humanized from the beginning, right? That's but, that's what makes her fall into uh, being one of the Joker's cronies. Tragic, and it also adds to the mythos of the Joker himself. That's Harley Quinn was never really, I don't think, meant to be what she became. She was just sort of like 
a comment on, yeah, this dude's pretty, even though he's crazy, he has undeniable charisma and he can get people to do these horrible things for him. Right. He's like the Charles Manson of But there's like, you can take, you can take Deadshot, you can take Deadpool, Harley (laughs) Quinn, there's a handful of comic book characters that you can, even Deathstroke. You can anyone dead or death. You can skew to the death anti lock? the the current anti hero death blow characterization. I don't know death blow. He's is he some image guy? Yeah, of ding, course ding, he ding, is. Ding, ding. Death blow, of course he is. Kills people and sucks dick. It sucks dicks to, to, to the to the end to the bitter end to the last. So drop. like I mean there's there's all these there's death. all these characters that you can bend to to be this this current climate of anti heroes are cool but that's not the Joker the Joker isn't an anti hero he's not someone that should be cool or you know like you should enjoy him because of the contrast with against Batman. Like, he's a really good bad guy. Right. At no point should we ever be reading a book or following a movie that we want the Joker to win. hmm Like, even in some DC stuff like Salvation Run, where someone comes to Earth and they suck all the bad guys onto, like, they kind of do, like, a Secret Wars with all the villains. The Beyonder and all the villains comes to DC? All the villains need to band together and find a way out of that. Or uh, one of the Graham Morrison Howard Porter JLA uh, JLA runs where you know the Joker and Lex need to team up. Joker is still chaos. He's still not on anyone's side. He's still a completely volatile element. He should never be sympathetic. Like he should always be an absolute wild card. I don't know. Like I guess maybe Jeff Johns, the DC's chief creative officer, maybe he is just loving those paychecks. But this should never be brought up. As soon I, as I don't as think soon that as he someone is, he can't veto this. You know what I mean? There's too many. There's too many uh, yachts and houses in the Hamptons that depend on more of these horrible, DC horrible movies idea. coming out. Terrible idea. Uh, the latest rumors is Jared Leto won't even be in it because it's going to happen so far before him that he won't be cast. Well, did you see the latest rumor I saw was that Leonardo DiCaprio would be cast as the oh, Joker? Don't do it. I knew Paul hadn't seen that rumor yet. Yeah. I was just waiting to see his reaction yeah, to I it. Yeah, I thought that's what he was going to say there. <clears throat> because the... Um, what the studio wants to put together, and this kind of shows how out of touch they are, is they want Todd Phillips, who is behind the Hangover trilogy, is going to co-write with... Good trilogy, or at least a good good two? One and uh, three? Good yeah. one. Good it one? was a good one. Just the one? Good I one. disagree. I think it has good bookends. I think the middle yeah. one was a turd. Um, going to co-write with Scott Silver, who was a writer on 8 Mile. Wasn't he the guy... Uh, Daniel LaRusso fought in Karate Kid 3? Could be, possibly. It's Terry Silver. Martin Scorsese will produce this film, which oh, is the, the link to Leo. Guess what? Don't give a shit. So, yeah, it just seems like Warner Brothers is pulling in all of its cards 
and saying, you owe me one, you owe me one, you owe me you one. You mean like it's Joker cards? <laughs> yeah, this is this is ill-conceived now, all around. Paul, I've gathered that you're not in favor of this. Ian, you've been fairly quiet about this. What are your feelings? I don't... I also am not in favor of this. Everything that Paul said, typically I disagree with, but <laughs> at this point I echo everything that he said. I don't have much to add. This is a very wrong-headed idea. The origin of the Joker, I don't think anybody needs to see. It screams of cash grab. I'm not interested in this. That said, we're all going to be there. <laughs> we're all going to see it. Are we for sure? Are we? Yeah, yeah. This may be where I draw the line. Yeah? I don't know. I think we're all going to see this. You may be right in the long run. I'm not willing to I'm put not, money down I didn't this. put money I'm not, down. I'm not willing I'm not to put... I'm excited or behind it. I'm just saying that we're going to I'm not be willing there. to put Godzilla money down on this that I won't be there, but I don't think I'll be there for this. I, I, mean, I think this is legitimately the line I'm drawing with this fucking garbage. I think that there's, there's like a 30% chance that maybe we aren't there to see it, but I think we'll... I think there's a good chance that we'll go see if, it. If I could if I could somehow move the non-committal towards Marvels and Humans to the Joker origin movie. That non-committal, huh? Because I mean There's a chance that no this... one no one thinks the Inhumans anything is a good idea. No one like this is gonna be the most colossal flop that Marvel has ever seen. Well it's not really regardless uh... of of Ramsey Bolton's involvement. It's not really a movie, so... Still, yeah. Still, I stand by my statement, this is going to be the biggest flop Marvel has ever seen. It's going to be it's the gonna IMAX, be bad. The IMAX presentation, there's going to be maybe seven people worldwide that go see this. The in-home viewership, once it's on ABC, it's, it's going to be dregs. They took... Probably the worst Marvel product with the ABC production and like TV company behind it and put it up there with a main character who can't talk. It's a nightmare. I don't know. But I think that but the Joker has more going for it than that. At least the trailer. I bet you any money. The trailer will at least look decent it'll look like a film it'll have style to it like the inhumans just look like a heaping pile of that big dog's poop right i i agree with that but that's what that's what i'm saying i wish i could take how much people don't care about the inhumans oh and move it on to so that they don't make this movie so that that they don't even yeah do it because really it's so ill-conceived and i will not be part of this fucking garbage. Yeah, I really wish that they would reconsider this, and I hope that something happens where they back out of this movie. But people are going to go. People are going to go. DiCaprio's involved. Scorsese's involved. Hot Topic's excited already. Hot Topic is amped. And, like... (sighs) Fuck, I I hate this current climate of the Joker. I hate it. Yeah. I thought it was... Well, it was it was appropriate in '89, but now it's just like you can't because he was still a bad guy then. He was a bad guy. He was guy never in nothing more than a bad well. guy. He was a bad guy with the Heath Ledger version. As yeah, well, so. yeah. But yeah, I don't know what they're doing. Everybody fuck. wants to like 
the bad guys or the edgy, darker characters, but do they really? They still have to have redeeming qualities, it seems, for today's audience, which basically just tells me that today's audience are a bunch of pussies. But that's besides the point, Paul. Not our audience, mind you. Um, like, I, you can... Go ahead. Well, I was just going to give you my word on, on this movie. I, I'm also not in favor of it at all. I think that <clears throat> it does... It does scream uh, cash grab, mm-hmm. like you said, Ian. The, I read the killing joke and the origin that they assign to they they keep it kind of ambiguous is it really you know the joker or whatever um i hate it i think that the killing joke is wildly overrated i think it's good but my least favorite part is how they even hinted at the joker's origin i love the way the dark knight movie kind of acknowledges the killing joke and the Joker tells his origin a couple times and it's different every time. So that way you don't really know what to believe. That's fine. That's as far as I need the origin to be pushed. Right. Anything beyond that is complete. It's not just unnecessary. It is detrimental to the character. I think the dark Knight, the way the dark Knight handles it reinforces to real fans, real fans. Look at me, my high horse, but reinforces to fans it doesn't matter. You don't have to feel guilty for being like fuck that. We are real fans. It doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter what the Joker's origin is. Actually, it's the least important thing by him changing it. Right. Yeah. It's just. I, I hope that somebody comes to their senses at Warner Brothers, uh, it, because weren't they talking about? Maybe this was what I was thinking, where they said they're going to cast a younger Joker. Now, is there any word on whether they're going to like recast Jared Leto? Because it seems no, he's, like he's in. He's in. He's in present day DCU. He's going to be going because I feel like fan Joker reaction stuff. to him has been mild at best. I haven't, based on his comments after Suicide Squad came out, I felt like he wasn't real happy being the Joker. So. It's like, hey, man, if you want to retcon that shit and give us a different, a totally different actor, a totally different take on the Joker, I'm fine with that because I did not love what they gave us in that that's Suicide what's, Squad. That's what's great about the character of the Joker. It can still be Jared Leto, but he can be a different version and wouldn't miss a beat because that character is just so off the rails. He could seamlessly go from Suicide Squad version to Mark Hamill animated series version and not miss a beat. No, he couldn't seamlessly do that. He could. No, he couldn't. Why not? Uh, Well, first of all, he's completely tattooed. Well, I mean, I don't mean visually, but personality, if he, he could, I wouldn't have a problem with him looking exactly the way he did in Suicide Squad, but being the... Animated series version because not, the animated series version still took the time to put on a well-groomed suit every day. There's still an air of arrogance and you know. So you're saying he just needs in to that change that his his uh, visual like dressing habits. 
a little bit of that, but also I th- I think Jared Leto is a good enough actor that he can he can adjust what he's doing enough that I, it works. I disagree. I think that he demonstrated that this character is out of his wheelhouse, regardless of the quality of his acting ability. The perfect example to illustrate my point is Halle Berry, Academy Award winning actress, was Storm in the X-Men movies. In the first one, she's got this poorly done uh, African accent, and they realized it was so bad that they're like, you know what, don't even do the accent, do, do Halle Berry. And even then, the character still stunk. She just hasn't nailed the character. She's not right for the character. Jared Leto's just not right for the Joker. He's too pretty. They should take my advice that I've been telling them for years and years, Paul. I agree with you. What do you agree with? Adrian Brody. That's right. Adrian Brody needs to be the Joker. Hands down. Absolutely. I don't know why they don't do it. Warner Brothers, I know you're listening. McSauce Comic Book Podcast, Adrian Brody. Make him the Joker. And I'll tell you what, if you want to do your origin story and you're going to make him Adrian Brody, then I can get behind it. But that's just because then I can be like, I told them to cast that guy. Well, they should. They should have done it from the very beginning. But I don't think that a guy like Adrian Brody is sexy to the masses, even though he had great abs and uh, predators, right? Which is hilarious, because I always thought he was like a skinny dude, and then he was like built like a he was brick ripped. shit house. Yeah, he was ripped. But um, he's he's not like a Hollywood heartthrob, and I feel like Heath Ledger kind of said... He's a Cumberbatch heartthrob. He's ugly, but since he's famous... <sighs> people want to fuck him. I don't think that Adrian Brody falls into that category. Oh, I do. Adrian Brody just has that crazy nose. Like, like Cumberbatch at least has the the, the voice and the accent. Like, what is Adrian Brody bringing to the table? Because I bet you he's lost those Predator's muscles since then. Um, I'm not arguing Adrian Brody. I think he'd be, <laughs> be an amazing Joker. Right, but the the reason why they can't cast him is because he doesn't have that that like sexy quality that it seems like all of our villains have to have now. Like, well, it, he wouldn't look great at Hot Topic the way Jared Leto it's does. It's not so much, yeah. It's it's it is partly that, but it's it's also that he doesn't have big Hollywood cachet right now. Jared Leto does. I don't know. Uh, Adrian Brody won Best Actor. Jared Leto won Best Supporting Actor. I'll take the Best Actor. Yeah, Matt, I'm not arguing against you. I want Adrian Brody for the Joker, like, hands down. But I don't want him in in, in a Joker origin. Uh, there should never be enough, a Joker origin. Enough. There really shouldn't be. Ever. Ever. This is this is more ill-conceived than the Han Solo solo. Movie. That's going to do it for us tonight. We are all out on the Joker origin. Warner Brothers, please spend your money elsewhere. There are better better DC properties well, to spend your money. One on. final point on that, Paul, is that like the thing that Marvel has done effectively for the last 10 years is they have determined to the audience who is going to get their dollars, like what characters are going to like make people go to the movies. They tell us who we're going to like because Every character that they do, they do well, right? Like even Ant-Man yeah. or mm-hmm. Doctor Strange are successes because they do these characters right, at least by you know most audiences' opinions. 
So DC needs to look at their stable of characters and be like, who? what's the next guy that we're going to push? I'll tell you what, Hawkman. We are going to make people fucking love Hawkman. That's what they need to do. Rather than, well, it's either Joker, Batman, or Harley Quinn. That's all we got. Sorry, that's my final point. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a final point that I really can't argue with because it's completely true. Uh, DC and Warner Brothers is just a complete shit show. That's going to do it for us tonight <laughs> on the Positive Uplifting McSauce Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. <laughs> Matt Cassell. We'll see you next time. <laughs>